0: Hey there, and welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Naveed Jafari, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Peer Nova, a company that helps enterprises make better decisions using high-quality data. And Naveed is with us to talk about one of my favorite topics, the value of podcasting as a marketing channel. So, Naveed, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeremy, and thank you for having me. Really excited to talk about this topic today. Uh, Before we do... Our listeners want to know a little bit about you, so just give us 30 seconds or so about
1: who you are, your, your background, and your role at Nova. Sounds great. I think you, you, you said it all in the introduction. So I've been at PeerNovo since 2015, and we are a, your typical sort of technology company out of Silicon Valley, and we help financial institutions and enterprises in general, as you eloquently put, make better decisions using high-quality data. And uh, I've been in marketing nearly 20 years now, and I started out in the trenches. You know, I think that's what makes our jobs fun, right? Started off and practically done every sort of area in marketing at one point or another. And today I focus on, obviously I've been head of marketing at Piernova, and I focus on just about everything from top of the funnel all the way through conversion. And it's been a great journey and looking forward to uh, chatting a little bit more about podcasting.
0: I, I think Pier Nova is not just a typical, you know, Silicon Valley company for all kinds of reasons, but one of them is that, hey, you guys have a podcast and, you know, that's not, not, not every company has that. So, you know, which is really cool. And that's what I want to talk about. So you have a podcast called Digital Switch. And so just tell us a little bit about the podcast, what it's about.
1: If I could just take a step back for a moment and just tell you a little bit about why the podcast is important to us. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about why we actually, it's called Digital Switch and so on. So, uh, you know, I think it's so important when you're dealing with enterprises in general to have um, multiple touch points, right? So I think we all know this. It's it's a large organization. You got to know your personas. And we found out very early on that there was a We'll call it a barrier, right, between when they got to know who we were and what we did to when they would potentially reach out to us to request a demo or, you know, just just engage, right? And I think, if I remember correctly, it was Forrester and had a very interesting piece of intelligence, if you will, or a few years back that said something like 90% of the journey occurs before the prospect even reaches out to you, Right. And that's pretty scary if you think about it. As marketers, it's like, oh my gosh, they're ninety percent of the journey is happening in their head. As the you know, they're trying to make all kinds of decisions about us before they you know potentially give an email address and go through some kind of a gateway to download some material and so on, right? And to me, I think what's really what's really really cool about podcasting is that. You very rarely put a podcast behind the gateway, right? And so the podcast is a fantastic opportunity for them to get to know you, for them to understand your points of view, for them to just casually hear you out, right? For no pun intended. Before they say, do you know what? I feel like I want to make that next, sort of take that next step and reach out to this company, right? Right. It's free, it's available, you don't have to provide any contact details, you can listen to it anytime you want to, right? And and so I think podcasting is uniquely positioned to essentially be that sort of informal introduction about it into who the company is and what we're trying to accomplish, right? And we found that very early on that even though it's a very sort of, a, talk about niche topics, right? it's very, very specific. And we're talking about, it's called Digital Switch because it's really about digital transformation, which is driving so many different things, as you know. And so we found that very quickly that even though it's a very dry topic for most people, but then again, we're not marketing to most people, right? To the people that really want to know, this is a great way for them to just say, hey, let me see. I I just Googled Peer Nova. I don't know what they do. Oh my gosh, there's a podcast and there's you know, maybe a thought leader on the show talking about, you know, digital transformation. I wonder if I can get something out of this, right? And so it, you'd be amazed how quickly that essentially... Now, most people would say, well, are you getting 10,000 downloads an episode or, you know, whatever the standards might be. The answer is an absolute no, because we don't have to. We deal with a very small sort of subset of who we can sell to. And so for us, the numbers really don't matter as much. It's more like, you know, in the last five years, how many people have reached out to us after listening to the podcast and said, oh my gosh, I heard something that was really interesting. Show me a demo. So I I think it's so important for people to understand that you can't measure yourself against every podcast the same way. Audience sizes is different, but knowing why you go into it is really critical in my mind. And then once you set it up, just keep going. I mean, stick to the cadence, keep going, and hopefully people
0: will come. There's a lot that you just said that that's really interesting, and I want to and and then I want to unpack. So I want to start with something you said a few minutes ago that the podcast is a, given the given the nature of the buyer's journey, right? And that so much happens before they ever talk to you. The podcast is a great way for for prospects to get to know you, right? Now you could make the same argument or a similar argument for for other channels, a blog, right? You can read a blog and learn something about the company a webinar series, and so on. Is podcasting, in your view, just another way to do that? Or is there something unique about podcasting that allows the listener or or the viewer, if it's video podcast, to get to know you in a, a
1: deeper way, a different way? One of the areas of interest for me in the last decade or so has been around sort of how to bake influence into marketing, right? And I genuinely believe that there's something unique about the human voice in sort of playing a role in the overall education and sort of the transference of that information that you're trying to do, right? So when you say blog, I think it's probably at least anecdotally okay to assume that people are going to read the blog or any blog for that matter in a very sort of, monotone way or at least their own way of how they typically read a book or a text right but then with podcasts there's there's intonation in the voice there's communication that's very different than written material right and the other thing i think is that you know you can't really take a blog post with you when you go for a walk or when you go for a run but you can with a podcast And so I think you're right. I think altogether they have to play a role. And this is one of those things that I absolutely believe in. You have to meet your prospects wherever they're comfortable with. So some people are very good at reading. We'll give them 30 pages to read about our product. But then some people are like, oh, just show me a two-minute video and that's good enough for me, right? So I think it is important to be everywhere, if that makes sense, and give people, your prospects, the opportunity to listen in. But I still think somehow podcasting is unique. And, you know, again, the video, you can't do that when you're out for a walk. You can't do that when you're stuck in traffic. I know most of us don't drive as much anymore since COVID, but it's still there, right? And so I do think there is something unique about podcasts. I'm taking away at least two things.
0: So one, podcasting has an, an advantage when it comes to the convenience factor. As you've mentioned a few times, you can take it with you, listen while you're doing other things. And also, and and this is really interesting, and I'm right here with you, something unique about the human voice. In other words, you can read a blog, and if it's really, really well written, which is obviously not always the case, right? But if it's really well written, you might get some sense of the personality of the company, right? But arguably, not nearly as much as you can get by Literally hear, hearing from the company, literally in the in the voices of the company's leaders or whoever the host or hosts of the podcast are. And that's as direct a way as you can really think of this is literally us talking and thinking out loud and the intonations of the human voices you mentioned. I mean, that that is a pretty direct way of getting a sense of what individual people are like, which is a little different than getting kind of a, a sense of a brand. We're talking about the people behind the brand, which is kind of a a deeper, I would argue, a deeper layer, a deeper level of connecting with
1: a company that you might be interested in. And brands have personalities, right? And so it's so crucial to communicate that personality. I said at the very beginning that we are a typical Silicon Valley technology company. And by that, I mean, we're innovative, we're agile, we're always trying to change the world. So that's part of our personality. And so how wonderful would that be if someone, again, let's not forget that people are hesitant to want to reach out to a company for the first time. We established that, right? But there's, there's always these barriers. Do I really want to give my email out for a demo or whatever, right? But what a great way for them to understand our personality if we're serious but casual, do you know what I mean? There, There's always a range, right? And I think to me, it's such a unique way of communicating, what is your brand? You know, what do you really build that around? I think when you think about what most companies say about themselves, it's megahertz and tech jargons and this and that, right? We made this decision, I want to say three, four years ago to completely decouple from tech speak. That's one of those other pieces I think that builds into the brand. And really focus on the problems we're solving. If you want to go buy a TV today, do you really care about how many nits of brightness, or you know how many megahertz of the process? You don't, right? You want to know whether that TV is a good fit for your living room based on brightness. Does it really have a good refresh rate for your games or whatever? The I know it's a silly example, but it's it's something that I think most of us can <laughs> relate to. So you focus on solving the problem, not necessarily the tech jargons right and I, and i know i'm probably going to offend some people by saying that there is a place for tech but it's just not at the top of the funnel in my opinion you know when
0: i go to buy a tv you're you're of course you're right i don't even know what most of that stuff means you know the tech stuff and mostly i i'll ask around from people i know like hey have you bought a tv recently what do you what do you guys have you know and especially in tvs are kind of They've become pretty commoditized, right? It's like they all kind of look the same, do the same stuff. So I just want a recommendation from someone I know and can kind of trust, you know what I mean? And I think that's actually relevant to what we're talking about, because again, it comes down to when you tune into a podcast, you're listening in typically on, you know, people having a conversation. And if it's done well, then they're really being themselves. You know, it's not scripted. It's not people acting or, or you know, putting on a persona. It's this is who we are and how we actually talk when we're not being very self-conscious. We're just talking, having a conversation like we're doing right
1: now. You know, it, it's it, it's like a personality tends to come out a little bit. A hundred percent. And, you know, you said something about asking for referrals that's still the gold standard right and marketing it's it's recommendations from people you trust and so what a great opportunity for a podcast to for example as what we've done go and ask the thought leaders in your industry and you'd be amazed how many people would say yes to wanting to be on the show right because it's not about fame and fortune it's about look, I've done this for 20 years. I have a thing or two to say about this. I'm just trying to help the next person, right? Who's coming up one generation or two years behind us. And so by having these thought leaders on the podcast and really diving deep into what matters to them, how are they solving the problem? It's not about selling. It's not about, oh, let me tell you all these great things about our product. I mean, we've got, I want to say 50, 60 episodes now in the last three years, four years. I don't think a single, maybe one or two episodes were very, very focused on a feature because it was such an important thing. But beyond that, we've never talked about selling. We've always talked about what is the problem and how do you solve the problem. And I think there's value in that as well.
0: So, in other words, you guys were doing podcasting the right way. Yeah, you know, no one wants to listen in a podcast and it's it's a thirty minute long commercial for the company that's sponsoring the podcast. That's not very entertaining or useful, frankly. Right. But if you really are having genuine discussions with folks who, you know, care about an issue and it's an issue of relevance to the community or to to the industry, and you're having a real honest, open discussion about it, that's attractive. Right. And as you said, I mean, another benefit is you can get people to come on your podcast, people who otherwise might be kind of hard to get to, or, you know, they're not just going to give you their time to talk about your latest feature because they frankly just don't give a shit. Right. Or, you know, or at least right now they just don't, but Hey, you want to come and be featured on our podcast and have a real discussion. That's a much more attractive proposition. And you'll get a lot more yeses
1: in, in my experience, you get a lot more yeses that way. Jeremy, I think the term education and marketing has gotten such a bad rap lately. It sounds like, you know, people say, well, you're wasting your time educating people. It's not selling and so on. Right. I couldn't disagree more. I think when you educate, when you take time to educate people about why a certain problem is difficult, what it takes to solve it and have kind of a consultative approach to this, you'd be amazed how well you build relationships with your with your prospects, right? Because like you said, nobody likes being sold to. It doesn't matter if I have a dire need for a particular product, I still don't want to be sold to. It just seems kind of silly, right? But I would love to have someone that can guide me to understand, first of all, I'm not alone in having this problem. I think that's really critical. And secondly, let me get educated in what my choices are. How do I how can I actually break this problem down into smaller portions that I can address? And then at that point, try to figure out how to tactically go and solve a problem. That's a
0: really good point. And of course, no one likes being sold to. Like, what does that actually mean? I think it means, and I'll just speak for myself, you know, it's no one really enjoys being being put in a position where you're under pressure to have to make a decision whether to buy or not in the moment. And you're talking to someone trying to sell you something, right? It's just, it's uncomfortable, especially if you don't already know that person, if you haven't already built a relationship, it's just awkward. And like you said, even if I have a dire need for a solution, there are probably 20 options out there for me, for whatever it is, right? And that's, in some ways, that's awesome but it can also be a little paralyzing. Where do I go? Which is the best? And again, I'm looking for recommendations, but also if I can get to know someone from one of those solutions who's not, and not talking about their solution, someone who's not trying to sell me even in the nicest, cleverest way, but just we've had an interaction or more likely a few interactions where we're just talking. And that person is able to demonstrate to me that they understand who I am and where I'm coming from and are interested in similar things and, and can think out loud a little bit, you know what I mean? And like, just have a conversation that doesn't always have to tie directly back to what they do. If that can actually happen and I'm, you know, let's say I'm on their podcast and we're sort of collaborating in this and then they produce the content and they do it at a high level and they share it and I share it. Well, now I feel not, not that I owe them something, but I'm like, Oh, I've, I've done some work with this company now and they are, they, they provided value to me at the very least. I'm much more likely to take a second look at their offering, you know, because I feel like I have a personal connection now with them. It's not just some random faceless company that all I know is their marketing claims on their website. I've had a real conversation with a real human, assuming it goes well, you know, that I feel like, Oh, cool. Like I, that guy's for real. Okay. Okay. I'm now a little bit more hooked in. I mean, I think that's, if you can do that with your podcast, then it it can be a real advantage if you do that really well. You have
1: to give credit to the time we invest in something, right? So if I'm going to listen to a 30-minute podcast, then I'm investing 30 minutes of that day in listening to a podcast that I think I might be interested in, right? Well, if you think about it, if I'm investing 30 minutes, it's probably, unless the podcast is awful and I didn't get anything out of it. and It was terrible. I'm probably more likely to want to invest an additional 30 minutes to have a conversation with that company as opposed to zero investment of time to begin with. And then us as marketers expecting them to reach out and saying, look, I totally want to do a demo. Does that make sense? So I think the more the prospect feels like they are casually investing in getting to know us, then I think the more likely it is. Again, given that you know we do a good job of, of communicating what we want to, it is more likely for them to want to say, "Okay, now I think I can I can take the next step, right?" Because I've already spent thirty minutes listening to it, so you know why not another five minutes, right? So it, there was a a great. And I'm a huge fan of Robert Lee with his books. I'm sure you're familiar with. But there's a there's a huge concept around you know when you walk into a expensive store, right? They always show you the most expensive item first. Like, you know, it's a $1,200 suit. And then after that, they say, here's the $30 shirt, right? And so when you're already invested in $1,200, you're like, oh, I can add another $30 shirt to that, right? So it's kind of like that. When you invest 30 minutes into listening to a podcast, you're far more likely to say, I could just, now I feel like I kind of know them a little bit, and I'm going to give five more minutes of my time and send an email or something like that, right? And one last thing I was going to add is that I think it's so important, you know, talk about direct selling and and sort of being standoffish, I guess, in the prospect's mind, is that we have to do a better job as marketers to make sure that it is their decision to want to move forward with a demo or a sale or whatever it might be, right? Because I think the moment we try to tell people what to do, they're going to have their guards up, and that's the last place you want to start anything, right? It's more like there's no pressure. I'm just telling you how I'm solving the problem. You make your decision. If you feel like this is a good fit for you, you tell me, right? And I know salespeople would probably say, no, you have to be more you know, direct and assertive and all that stuff. I 100% agree. I think there's a time and a place for all that. But I think as marketers, people that live further up in the funnel, we just have to do a better job of being the guide as opposed to being sellers.
0: Great point. I mean, there's still such a thing as closing the sale, right? Like you know, there's an art and a science to that and it doesn't just magically happen on its own. But given what you were saying before about that 90% of the journey, you know, you cannot force that and it's unpredictable. You have to earn the right to get to the closing moment. And that's kind of really what we're talking about, right? Developing that and what does earn the right mean? It, it really means putting in the work to develop that relationship and earn trust over time However long that takes, because it's not really up to the seller. It's really up to the buyer, right? And they're not going to buy until they are ready to buy or their group is actually ready. And you
1: just can't really predict exactly when that's going to be. That's right. And that's a, such an important point because I think to have a plan first. So it's up to us as marketers to say, look, this is a plan of action and I can't control the output. I can't control the timeline, but I, I have enough experience. I've learned enough. I've looked around enough to know that, for example, I'm not going to make a sell from a podcast episode, you know, 30 minutes after it goes live. That's just not how things work. But if I keep this up and I firmly believe in the strategies and the plans behind it, then in, you know, depending on what the business is like and what the sales cycles are like, in due time, this is going to bear fruit. And We have to be honest as well that if proper time has been allotted to something and you're still not seeing results, then it's a good time to look back and say, is this really working or not, right? But to do that at the beginning and expect outputs, I think is a really, is a sure way of setting ourselves up for failure. And in that way,
0: a podcast is is really no different than most other top of the funnel type of channels, right? And I think it's worth mentioning that we're not talking about podcasting in isolation as a marketing tool here. We're, we're talking about it both in, in the case for Piernova and pretty much any other company I've seen with the podcast. It's not like that's the only channel they have and they're relying only on that. It works in concert with their other channels and social media and other things. So really, we're talking about the whole theory and practice of content marketing. And I think what you just said really applies to content marketing as, as a whole and in many ways, podcasting is is no different, except that it does have the unique qualities we 've been talking about where you are talking directly to people one on one for twenty minutes a half hour, which is kind of a unique opportunity to create a connection with somebody so um i've talked with you know a lot of marketers for from all different verticals about podcasting, and you know some are are very excited about it, Some are not interested at all, of course, and there's a lot of people in the middle who are like yeah, that's come up, you know, we've been thinking about it. It's just, we're not sure, you know, what would be your advice to marketing teams that are like, is it worth it? You know, we're kind of curious about podcasting, but we're not sure.
1: What would be your advice to those kind of on the fence kind of groups? I see it in two ways, right? You're going to get 0% of whatever you don't try. So, you know, to think that you shouldn't do it because it may, it's not going to work, then you've answered your own question, right? So it, don't do it unless you actually believe in it and you're willing to put the hard work into it. That's point one. Point two is that can we just pause and just be so grateful for the incredible and inexpensive tools that we have today that allows anyone. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible to me, right. That we forget how easy it is to start a podcast. I mean, it literally costs less than 20 bucks. I think it's like 10, 12 bucks, right. For a host to host your podcast, you know, it's free to submit it all over the place. You can show up in iTunes, you can, you know, and the cool thing is, is that the barrier to entry is so small that I feel like you really have to have a good reason not to do it. Now, I would say, you know, it does take time to get the right cadence. It does take time to really establish yourself as a podcast. But since when did we you know, sort of forget that you have to put a lot of hard work into anything that you expect results from, right? So if you're going to do vlogging, if you're going to build your corporate brand out and you feel like there are potentially listeners out there, why not do the podcast? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Sure, you could start out and say, I want to do one a week and then end up being one every two weeks. So what? And again, I think minus getting a microphone and setting up a host, it really is not that expensive to start. I would say For the most part, if you feel like this is something you're going to commit to for a minimum of a year, definitely start it. There's really no reason not to, but everybody's different, right? And there is one other piece to this, which is don't break other things that you're doing well in order to have a podcast, right? So if you are short staffed and you really want to focus on on written content, focus on that, don't run a good thing just because you want to be part of like the podcasting community, right? Um, I think that's well understood, but that's the only, really, that's the only warning in my
0: mind. A lot of great stuff there. I, I think, you know, don't do podcasting just because everyone else is doing it or, or, you know, like YOLO, right. You feel like you're being left out. The timing. I mean, on the one hand, I agree with you. The barrier to entry is pretty low to start a podcast, to literally record stuff and get it out there is not that difficult. Although to do it, really well and plan it the right way it does take some time in, in planning. There are a lot of podcasts. You can go on Apple podcast or Spotify, find a lot of podcasts generally and like brand, you know, sponsored podcasts that have a handful of episodes and then fall off the vine, you know, usually because they just ran out of time or they didn't anticipate how much time it's going to take to keep it going. Once you start it, you know, or they weren't seeing results because they didn't plan it correctly. So it's like any channel in a way, you know, it takes time, effort. It doesn't happen by itself. Right. And it might be something that you're, you know, it's sort of the new kid on the block a little bit. So people are a little bit less familiar. So it can, there uh, there are a few more moving parts and pieces that aside, I think you're right. I mean, the only way to really know how it's going to go is to give it a shot and just to be realistic about what, what you're getting into. I'll also add that at least in my experience, it's fun.
1: It's fun to do a podcast. It absolutely is. I think it's, I think it took about 10 episodes before I got used to the sound of my own voice on our podcast and it wasn't cringeworthy, but after that, it's definitely fun. And I think, again, you'll settle into the role, right? You'll learn how to carry a conversation with someone new and, you know, I'm very lucky because I have our marketing manager, Sonia, on the podcast. And so two hosts, you know, typically have one or two guests. And so the conversation is always free flowing. But to your point, like anything else, you got to put some serious effort into it before it means anything.
0: I think it's actually significant that it's fun to do, like once you, you know, get into the flow of it, that because you're going to, if things are fun, then you're going to want to do them more. And they'll probably turn out better like that. The fun that you're having doing it will come through in the content and make it more entertaining. And which I think is arguably a little harder to do, say like in a blog post writing a blog post can be fun, I guess. Like if you're, if you're a writer and like, that's your thing, but I'm a writer and like, I've never had as much fun writing a blog as I've had having a discussion on a podcast. It's just such a different thing to do. You know, it's like writing is hard and it's a very solitary thing. And it's just kind of, you know, you know, you're going to have to do multiple drafts podcast is like a freewheeling conversation. You're not quite sure what's going to happen, but it's just like the most natural thing in the world to like what we're doing, you know, get on and have a conversation and kind of see where it goes and thinking out loud and all that good stuff. So um, look, we, I, I could spend the rest of the day talking about this, but I'm guessing Navid that you might have a few other things on your schedule to do. So I don't want to keep you any longer. So I just want to say thank you for a great discussion, really enjoyed it. This is one of my favorite topics and uh it was really great you know exploring ideas
1: with you. so thank you so much my absolute pleasure, Jeremy, thank you for having me on. It's always good to talk about these things. I'm with you. look, we do this because we love it, right? We don't do it because we have to. I've been very lucky. I don't think I've ever seen what I do as a job, and so to me it's it's always exciting to do what you love and find new ways of essentially engaging with others and uh Yeah, this was a lot of fun. That's
0: it for this episode of the B2B content show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at That's c-o-n-n-versa.com.